morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number four. And this week, we are talking about the importance of service projects and giving back to your community. And back with me is my good friend, Mr. Tony D. Viss out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Mr. Viss, how are you this fine afternoon? Money, I cannot complain after a three-day weekend. How about yourself? Uh, it was a three-day weekend that felt like a two-day weekend, but it was a very good two-day weekend because everything was moving so fast. Uh, so life is good. It's all first-world problems, and I am ready to roll with you, my friend, for the next half hour or so. So yeah. ready to get after it? Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Well, uh, you know, this is the fourth one here, and, and I hope coaches – uh, as, as I was preparing for today's episode, I just wanted to put this out there. You know, I hope coaches understand that uh, the, the things that we've talked about so far on the coaching staff, uh, we haven't really talked about anything on the floor yet. But, you know, Tony and I both feel really strong that before you can be successful on the floor, there's a bunch of things that you need to take care of off the floor. And, and the on-the-floor stuff will will come without a doubt and 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 probably as early as next week we'll start getting into more on the floor stuff but with the the fun the the fundraising topics that we've talked about or uh the inventories or you know those those type of things supporting other uh programs what we're talking about today with community of service uh i I just uh coaches i hope you understand that that tony and i are building to an end here that these are things that we feel like are really really important to uh, the preseason and getting your this year's edition of your team, the 22-23 edition of whatever you may be, uh, these are all really, really important things that before you really start thinking about the X's and O's and your practice plans and things like that, that these are really, really important topics that you need to plan out that are as important and in some cases are more important than uh, what you're doing on the floor. And so just kind of wanted to put that out there. Tony, any anything to add to that? Yeah, I would echo that, Marty. I agree 100% with what you said. It's one of those things where if you don't handle some of these things well, it really doesn't matter about the X and O's. Yeah. Because these things are super, super important in terms of setting things up for you. And, you know, like like we're talking about here, if you don't handle some of these things well, the X and O's are going to come. You know, and I, I know for most people, the X and O's are why they got into coaching. Yep. These are just some of the, the trap doors, if you will, the quicksand that if you don't navigate them well, they can short-circuit you before you even get on the floor. Or, if there are some short circuits on the floor, it's some equity that you've built up within your community or mm-hmm. with your administrators that, hey, you know, maybe maybe this year's edition of, of, of the, the no-shoot tech uh, squad isn't what we thought, but... You know, we know our coaches are doing the right things, and they're and they're getting our kids in in the in the right direction, and and they've got the right purpose in mind for the overall mission of the program, and we've seen that in action. And if all you're doing is locking in on X's and O's, that's you know that's that's where negative connotations and 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 negative energy can sometimes spawn. Because let's face it, you know, it's it's there's a, <laughs> in basketball it's a 500 winning percentage for everybody because. For every game, somebody's got to win, and everybody in every game, somebody's got to lose. And so it's important to build up equity within your communities uh, in ways that you can control also. You can't control everything on the floor, uh, but these are things you can control off the floor. Um, Most definitely. Yeah. And it builds in that that chemistry with your team. It might bond them 
and provide them with memories, you know, and, and you're trying to, to, to reach the whole person, yep. not just the body. You're also trying to reach the mind and the soul as well. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into this week's topic here, and we're going to talk about the importance of service projects, uh, what you can do for service projects and, and giving back to the community. Tony, I'll, I'll kind of let you lead here on this question. You know, I, I know one of the things I really admire about you is your strong Christian faith and, and the way that you think of others before you think of yourself. Uh, why are those values just, you know, so important to to you? Why are they so important to the programs that you've been involved in? And, and and why service should be part of any program uh, that anybody is running out there. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things when you take a look at it, you know, we're going to have less than 10% of our athletes that are going to go on and, and play collegiately. And we I don't know if we'll ever be blessed with the athlete that, come, that we come across that goes on and plays professionally. But at the same time, we're going to have young people that are going to come across us. They're going to be very, very strong contributors to their community. And we want to make sure that not only are we teaching them about the fundamentals of whatever said sport that we happen to be the head coach of, we also want to make sure that we're teaching them how to be good people. And mm-hmm. I just think that's so very, very important to come along. You know, and, and there are times in a, in a, for a student when they're in a classroom, you know, they may not necessarily care about the topic. But that sport can be that thing, that, that, that carrot, if you will, that brings them in, that entices them in. Mm-hmm. And it can be something that you can use in their life to shape their lives dramatically. You know, I remember hearing a quote, uh, I think it was Billy Graham that put it out there in terms of the fact that a coach will reach so many more people than a pastor or a minister or a priest or whatever ever will. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure that the message that we're sharing as coaches, it's the right message. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, Tony, we've done a lot of service with our program. Uh, I know you've probably done a lot of service with the programs that you've been involved in. Uh, let's kind of go back and forth on this. You know, I've got one idea. You get, you know, throw one of your concepts out there, and we'll just kind of bounce back and forth here and, and okay. kind of go about a minute on each one-ish, and we'll, and we'll kind of roll through there through some service things that we've done. Um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, one of the things that we did, and I really, really enjoyed this experience the couple of times that we did it, and obviously Omaha is a much larger community, and I, and I understand that. Uh, not every community is going to have this opportunity in particular, uh, but we have a place here in Omaha uh, called, uh, no, gosh darn it, the, 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 it's the homeless shelter in town, and mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't, oh, I, it's going to drive me nuts. I got to Google it, Tony, uh, to to get it because it's going to drive me crazy if I don't remember it. Um, but uh, we went down there uh, one one day. Uh, oh, the open door mission. There we go. That's what I needed. Uh, now I'm complete. Uh, we went down there and um, we made meals for uh, homeless uh, citizens, homeless folks, uh, you know, and it was just really, really simple stuff. We put together a bunch of sandwiches. We helped sort out some food in the kitchen. Um, we bagged it, bagged it up, and we prepared it. Because what they did there is they they brought it out to uh, homeless people that were not necessarily at the facility, but they would go around and and uh, give it to uh, homeless folks that were actually living on the streets and not in the shelter for that evening. And, and our kids really, really enjoyed that. It, it felt like a real direct service to those that needed it. And, and that's something that we did a couple of times at my old job. So that was, uh, that was one of my favorites that we did. So um, that's a good one. Uh, what's one of yours? 
Yeah, that is a really good one. We also had worked with the homeless shelter here in town. Um, we brought in some non-perishables and helped to stock their shelves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember how many different pallets of stuff that we brought in there, uh, but we had our kids help deliver that in there and then you know put it in and organize it and stuff like that. We didn't do the meal thing, uh, but we also were involved uh, in something similar to what you did. Uh, so that that was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another one that we did, and, and my old assistant coach, Sarah Goodwin, she deserves all the credit for this one. Uh, she worked at Emanuel Hospital here in Omaha, and they had a project where the hospital uh, gave Thanksgiving meals to uh, single moms. And, they, you know, we would pack up everything except for the turkeys. The turkeys, of course, would have to wait until, like, a day or two before Thanksgiving, and we would pack these the, the non-perishables up into boxes a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. And uh, we all the food was donated, and then we would take it, and it was something like 200 or 250 boxes that we would just kind of assembly line it and do mm-hmm. it all together and put that all up. And again, it was, it was just for a really nice cause. It was for single moms who could not afford a, a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, uh, Thanksgiving meal. And, you know, for our uh, coaching women, uh, coaching girls, it was a way to help out other women uh, who, uh, through whatever course of life or for whatever reason, uh, were struggling at the time. And it was a way for our girls to give back to other women in their time of need. So that was another one that we really enjoyed. Yeah, I like that, Women Empowering Women. Um, One that that we do here uh, is the fact that in our situation in Iowa, that we have what's called a pride scrimmage. So if you do some type of service project, they let you play a game, but only count it as a scrimmage mm-hmm. so that you, cause you only get so many odd scrimmages and stuff. And so it was just a little bit better way to do something like that, get the uniforms on have officials. And again, it counts as a scrimmage, not a game, but you get that game feel that game uh, experience under you, but you had to do some type of service project. And so what our head coach has set up here in Cedar Rapids, they go out and they do the bell ringing, uh, for the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. So our guys will go out and do that for a period of time. And, uh, you know, others that are involved in it, um, also other schools are involved in it because we make it kind of a deal where we bring in, you know, 8, 10, 12 teams or whatever and play it out throughout the day. And so other schools will jump in and do that here in Cedar Rapids also. And that's been been something that's gone over very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that, that, that- – We've, oh, whoa, that's the alarm going off. That's when I was supposed to call you, Tony. Sorry about that. So, <laughs> Hey, folks, now you know the secret to podcasting. You set an alarm on your phone. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to bother to edit that one out. We're, we're just keeping it real on the coaching staff here, folks. That's what it's about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, my, my engineer is, is saying something to me right now. What was that? Oh, wait, no, I don't have an engineer. That's just the elliptical on the other side of the room. All right. Um, <laughs> Wish we had the budget for an engineer. Oh yeah, what's a budget? I don't know what that is. So, uh, no, a- another one. Uh, boy, that's thirty seconds of people's lives that they're never going to get back. Tony, you're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to enjoy it as much as we do. <laughs> uh, and and folks, this is a little window of what Tony and I have done pretty much for the last twenty five years. So. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, Strip the house down to the studs. 
I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, another one that we've done, uh, or that that I like to do, is any work with the elderly that you that you could do. And, and I'm, I guess maybe I'm a little bit partial. Uh, I come from a, an Italian family and, and, and an Irish family, a lot of old uh, relatives, you know. Uh, but one of the uh, things that I know, and, and this came more through uh, our school, uh, my my old school that I coached and taught at. Uh, was was service to the elderly and, and just you don't have to do anything really complicated. I mean, sometimes you think, well, uh, let's go out and rake yards or scoop some snow or things like that. That that mm-hmm. obviously elderly people are not as physically able to do. Uh, but sometimes it's just as simple as setting up an appointment with a nursing home in town and bringing your team in and just visiting with the residents for an hour, hour and a half, maybe sharing a meal, maybe playing some bingo with them or whatever they would like to do. And it, it's a great, you know, uh, the residents would really, really appreciate it. They enjoy it when uh, the young kids come in and they have somebody to, to chat with, somebody new and, and different to, to chat with. And and so just something like that is, and, and to have, our, have your kids have an appreciation for, uh, our senior citizens and, and the folks that, that kind of paved the way before them, you know, uh, for us, you know, again, we've spent most of our career coaching, uh, women's teams and maybe to talk to women that, you know, I would have loved to play basketball when I was in high school, but I couldn't because they didn't offer it because title nine hadn't been passed yet and things like that, you know, uh, just to have our kids have that appreciation for, for what they have. So, uh, that's, that's something that, uh, I, I think would be a really good thing for you to do with your team. Yeah, and when you were talking about that, it brought up back a lot of good memories. Um, when I uh, taught in Waterloo, uh, there I was headed up the student council, and that was one of the things that we would do as we would go into a retirement home around Christmas time, uh, sing some Christmas carols with them, play bingo with them, and our kids had a riot. And I just thought it was really neat for our kids to see, you know, these these people that have have you know helped our country out so much that they still have value. And to be able to go in there and hear some of their stories and things like that was that's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, one that we've also done uh, was wasn't necessarily a, a homeless shelter, but like food banks in the area, mm-hmm. uh, gathering up non-perishables. Because going back to that that thing I was talking about earlier with the prize scrimmage, instead of having them pay money to get in back when uh, I was on the girls' side of things, we would have them bring a non-perishable food item, and then we would bring in you know the you know these wheels to the this uh food food bank and then people who maybe a little bit down on their luck could go there and get get some of those non-perishables but that was a, a good one for our kids to participate in as well oh that's terrific that's terrific um i got one more on my list here tony how many more do you have i think i'm, I'm tapped out at the, those three okay all right i got one more then and um we have a a place here in town. It's called Project Harmony, and I know that it's uh, you know Omaha isn't the only place that has these type of organizations, but it's a it is a place for uh, 
individuals, especially children, uh, that have suffered trauma in some way, shape, or form, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, one, and we've, we've never done this, but I know our, our, again, my old school uh, did something here with, with service, uh, making blankets and dolls. And, and donating those for for the especially the children that have suffered through uh, an abusive situation or scenario uh, so that they have something to to uh, to hold you know just something you know again kids whether they're boys or girls when they're three four five six years old uh, they need all the love that they can get let alone somebody mm-hmm. who's gone through a traumatic situation and so uh, making blankets for uh, kids you know children's blankets uh it's a it's a great thing you do those tie blankets and and you can mm-hmm. and donate those um or like i said making dolls any anything like that any sort of arts and crafts if your team's really big into that that's a great thing that you can you know you do it all together and then maybe you deliver it all together and 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 organization organizations like that really appreciate that type of generosity and uh that thoughtfulness especially for uh, again you know people that are going through a, a very difficult situation Mm-hmm. You know, and when you talked about kids, that did jog my my memory of one more. We had we were part of a program called America Reads, mm-hmm. and so some of our players would sign up to go to the local elementary school. Here is just a couple blocks away from our high school, and then they would read to the elementary students, and that built up a lot of goodwill there too. Mm-hmm. When uh, when you get ready for this day or this event, when you've done it with your teams, uh, what are some of the pre teaching uh, concepts that you have? put out there um you know how have you kind of tried to frame this experience for a lot of times you have you know 14 to 17 year olds that a you know might not be enthusiastic or hey i just want a ball coach i didn't come out to to do this type of thing you know how do you pre-teach how do you emphasize to your to your team how important this is to their overall experience Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about with them is, you know, just the importance of being a good person. And in those situations, we, you know, we just talk about being grateful. You know, you take a look at some of the people that are the most, uh, you know, frustrated and have don't have really good lives and aren't very happy are those that they're very much focused on themselves. You mm-hmm. know, the world revolves around them and just the importance of giving back to others. We talk about making sure that you're being present there. Don't be on your social media, your phone or anything like that. You're there where your feet are. Make eye contact. And the best thing you can do is to listen. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should listen twice as much as what you talk. And for for these people, it might be the highlight of their day and to make sure that, you know, you you are the the blessing in that day for them. And so those would be a handful of things that really kind of try to hammer home with them. You know, just being grateful, making eye contact, be a good listener be present where your feet are, you know, and just make sure you enjoy it. And it's just one of those things where, you know, if the world does revolve around you, you're going to be a pretty miserable person. But if you can mm-hmm. get into this giving back thing, you're going to find you're going to be so much joyful and happier than what you normally are. Yeah. One of the things that I know that I've addressed with my teams when we go to, into these situations is, you know, we, we are very blessed and we are very fortunate that a big part of our life is taking this round ball and trying to put it through this, this hoop hanging 10 feet off the ground more than somebody else does. And in a lot of the scenarios that you and I have talked about here this afternoon, Tony, uh, these people are just worried about where their next meal is coming from or they're surviving a, a trauma that the average person would not be able to survive or, uh, 
you know, an elderly person in a nursing home who doesn't even have their family visit on a regular basis and, and things yep. like that. And so let's keep the perspective of, you know, you may think that this is a, a quote, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, uh, Tony, uh, a burden. Uh, but for these folks, like you said, this is the highlight of their day, their week, maybe their month. And and for you to, it's it's not that big of a sacrifice for you to give everything that you have to this person for the next hour or two uh, to yep. show them that because we are lucky that we have the time to mm-hmm. give back in this way and and that this is just in our in our lives it's just spare time that we have to spend on this um a lot of folks don't have that yeah and you want to make sure that they know that they're still valuable that yeah. they still have worth about them and you know like you mentioned marty it's just super important for our for our kids to know how fortunate they are and you know there's not that the circumstances were, were switched it wouldn't be that that hard to you know hard to imagine them being in that situation themselves we you know just very fortunate that we're not yep yep absolutely absolutely and when your team is at some point uh and and it's relative for every team but when your team is going through a tough time it's also something that as you go through your season hey you you know this is hard but remember what we saw when we went to place X, Y, and Z before the season started. Hey, we've got to figure our way out of it. They're fighting through something like that. We can figure out, you know, how to shoot the ball a little bit better. Or we've got to defend a little bit better. We've got to rebound a little bit better. You know, let's let's find a way to get this done. Let's let's have those circumstances inspire us to hopefully, uh, you know, perform a little bit better on the floor as well and, and to keep that perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was, when you're talking about, like you said, you know, whether you make a few more free throws to finish out the game and end up on the winning side compared to uh, where your next meal is going to come from, one's a little bit more important than the other. Absolutely. If you are a coach in the Omaha Council Bluffs Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up, September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th, and we'll have some of the best coaches not only from our region but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. All right, Tony. It is time. It is time for trivia. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to embarrass myself again. <laughs> I think I think I think this is an appropriate question. I think you got a good chance at it. And I think we've kind of come to an agreement. We each get three guesses every week. I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. So, uh and let me remind everyone that is listening, especially Brandon <laughs> Viss, that I am ahead 2 to 1 in trivia. Going into week 4 here, you got a chance to knot it up here. Mr. Viss, you got a chance to knot it up. So are you ready, Coach Viss? I am. For the coaching staff trivia of the week. March, the greatest month of the year, known as March Madness. 
in what here's the question in what year in what march did the ncaa men's basketball tournament expand to what its longest format was for the longest term which was 64 teams that has since expanded to 68 but for the better part of our adult life it has been 64 teams in what year mr viss in what march did that happen 1989. Nope, wrong. Nine. <laughs> oh, 1989? Yeah. Is incorrect. Am I too early or too late? Oh, God. that's a, You are too late. Too late? Huh. It happened before 1989. 84. Incorrect. Dang it. Still too late? Oh, man, you're pushing it. <laughs> too early. Ooh, between 84 and 89. I'm going to go with 1987. It was 1985. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, you may remember this Final Four, one of the legendary Final Fours. Is that Villanova and Georgetown? Villanova and Georgetown. And kind of one of the only reasons Villanova got in was because the field expanded to 64 that year. Yeah. And they, I think yeah. they, they were an eight or nine seed in the tournament. Uh, so that, I think eight. I think they were the lowest team ever to win a national championship. Lowest seed ever to win a national championship. They were an eight seed. So Easy Ed Pinkney, the McLeans. I want to say Harold Jensen. Yes, Harold Jensen went five for, or no, uh, uh, it was a Jensen. Um, there were two Jensen's on the team and the one, the one Jensen went five for five during the game. And uh, yeah, so, um, so yes, 1985 is the correct answer, my friend. So three to one plum. I was really close. I should have just went up a year. Yeah. I tried to split the difference. I understand. I understood where you were going with it. That's all right. So sporting event that you're looking forward to this week. Well, my man, Thursday night, the NFL season kicks off. So that's something that I've got really high up on my list. And then tonight, we've got game four of the WNBA. Both both uh, series are really, really tightly contested. Mm-hmm. Uh, the favorites won back-to-back games, and so they're both up 2-1 to one going into tonight to try to close this sucker out. And then, I don't know, my favorite sport to watch, in all honesty, is probably college football. And then we've got the big Alabama Texas game, Pitt Tennessee. So I don't know. I'm like a you know a hog in the mud right now with with where sporting events are. How about you, Tony? There's only one answer, especially for us native Iowans. You can Iowa have State. you can have you can have the 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 old oaken bucket. You can have the axe. You can have the old wagon wheel between BYU and Utah State. You can have the Territorial Cup between Arizona and Arizona State. You can have the the Bayou Bucket. You can have the Land of Lincoln Trophy. You can have all of that and more. Give me the greatest rivalry in the history of college football. It is for the Cyhawk Trophy. (laughs) Marty, can I ask you a serious question? Did you watch the Iowa game against South Dakota State? Tony, a lot of people look at the 
the last, you know, 26 minutes so or so of their life from this podcast and they go, I'm never going to get that time back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a few people in, in the, uh, the land where the tall corn grows is thinking the same thing about uh, Saturday afternoon. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, hey, we're, we're coaches of young people. I, I mm-hmm. hate to really criticize 18 to 22-year-old kids who are out there playing a child's game. And, you know, most of us that are criticizing or, or that would dare to criticize them, uh, either publicly or privately, uh, would not, they would, we would survive three plays in that environment. We would, we would, I'm not sure. (laughs) Three might be a little too high. Okay. Uh, 1.5. I'm taking the over on you. All right. I'll give you at least two. So, but, uh, let's, you know, I, I just speak very broadly and say it was a very disappointing performance by the Iowa offense. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see any of the Iowa State game and how they played, and I'm a bit of a polygamist. I kind of cheer for both, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, so I think it's I think it's going to be a good game. I think Iowa State is actually you know probably due to knock them off. Uh, they've come close here the last you know multiple times, and and I and I and I just think it's you know, but it it is. I, I say that jokingly with all those other games, but for. For the people of my native state and where you live at, uh, still, um, it's it's a really big deal, and this Saturday is a really big deal for for the state of Iowa. Yeah, you know, I saw Iowa was a three point favorite, um, you know, but Iowa State put up forty two. I know where they're playing Semo, so they weren't really playing anybody. Yeah, but and it's in it's in Iowa City, mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Matt Campbell and the clones can knock off Coach Ferentz and the Hawkeyes for the first time and in his tenure at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people are disappointed, and, you know, and, and on, on this side of the Missouri river, you know, people are still, uh, you know, there's still stuff going on here, you know? And, yeah. and I, I think it's just, you know, if, if there's any lessons learned, if, if you're, if you're a coach listening to this and you're sitting there and, and your team, your team had a great week one in college football. Hey, awesome. Great. You know what? You still got to play again this Saturday. Doesn't yeah. matter. You got to keep moving forward. If if your team isn't playing what where, where you expect it, hey, you know what? It's a long season. You got to get better. The focus is just has to be on today and make sure you're better at the end of practice today than you were yesterday. And that's the only thing that you can control. And and you can sure as sure as heck bet that that the coaching staff of of your school uh that's what they're thinking right now too. And you wouldn't want people to judge your season after one or two games. No. Uh, so there's no reason why we should be judging other teams after one or two games in a season, you know, and, and maybe, you know, with, with certain cases, with certain things, and I know there's certain dynamics in all three of the programs that we've discussed here that, that people are, are frustrated with or whatever it may be. I get that. I understand that. But, the decision has been made that who, this is who we're going to roll with for this year. So you've got to give them the duration of this season to, to get it figured out to the best of their ability. Cause that's what you would want as, as a coach of your program. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if, you know, your college team, your pro team, your high school team, however they're doing that determines, you know, your, your perspective and your happiness, you really got to reevaluate your life goals, <laughs> you know, and the other thing I would throw at you too, I don't know if you saw this. I just, I know you're, 
big guy on Twitter there, but uh, Jack Campbell, the All-American linebacker at Iowa, uh, he had a really good thing of when they could try to maybe drive a wedge a little bit in between the offense and defense at Iowa. He came up and had a great quote talking about how he had their backs and that they're, you know, somebody's son, somebody's grandson, whatever, and uh, brother, you know, those types of things. And that, you know, just had their backs and and did what a good teammate should do. Mm -hmm. And and that's how you handle adversity. And a lot of, you know, kind of bringing this back full circle here, Tony, the, the stuff we've talked about with community service and fundraising as a program and, you know, those type of stuff that we've talked about on these first few episodes here. Um that's where your 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 culture is and mm-hmm. and that's because you know very very few of us are gonna not very few you know one in a million of us might be gino ariema that's that's running multiple 100 game winning streaks you're gonna face adversity and to strengthen your team a lot of the activities a lot of the things that we've talked about so far on the coaching staff here when that adversity hits these are things that are going to carry your team through and your teammates are going to pick each other up because You've done things like we've talked about here on the coaching staff these first few weeks. Yeah, those intangibles, if you will, that build the culture like you say, and then hopefully it has that stick to where when tough times hit you, because tough times don't last, but tough people do, mm-hmm. and hopefully you've built those things in there so you can weather the storm and come out of it on the other side. You bet. You bet. Tony D., another great week, my friend. Enjoyed it. Loved it. Me too, Marty. Yeah, um, we'll be back next Friday uh, with a with a topic, and and uh, I, I, we have a list. I gotta find the list. It's it's somewhere, but we gotta we got a list. We know what we're doing here. Uh, I hope you folks have enjoyed the coaching staff. Uh, really appreciate the uh, the feedback that we've gotten so far. Um, for for Tony Viss, my name is Marty Plum, a pen and a napkin podcast. Hope you've enjoyed Coaching Staff Episode 4, uh, service projects and the importance of them to your program. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.